The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, and we're a marketing training and toolset company designed to save you time and money so you can get back to the rest of your job duties. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find other show notes and information about our guests on CertifiedKnowledge.org. Uh, today's guest is Chad Summerhill. Uh, Chad's the manager of digital marketing at UPAC Moving, where he oversees all the inbound marketing channels for UPAC.com. And the largest of these channels is paid search and SEO. Um, he writes a lot about PPC on his blog at ch- ChadSummerhill.com and other sites. He has a lot of guest posting on, on WordStream, actually on Certified Knowledge as well. Um, in his free time, he likes to build PPC tools and software. So you can sort of tell how much of, of he li- really likes the stuff that he takes his free time to build PPC tools and software. And so he does a lot of good stuff in Excel. In fact, Chad's one of the smartest people I know who knows Excel and paid search well together. You know, Excel is one of the most powerful tools that most paid search people use. It, it's fantastic to see someone who's combined these. So I'm welcome, Chad. Uh, hey, Brad. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's good to have you here. Um, so I, I've, I've watched Chad over the years as he's done various blogging and stuff, but he launched a tool um, last year. I think it was maybe earlier this year called Query Miner, um, which essentially is a way of looking at search queries to keywords to negative keyword research and really sort of take us to a new level. Um, and, and since Chad has actually such a great understanding of search queries and negatives, in this show, we're really going to sort of uh, talk to Chad a lot about search queries and keywords, how to find them as negatives, uh, stats you need, so forth. So um, um, first, Chad, just to make sure everyone understands the jargon correctly, can you just briefly explain the difference between keywords and search queries? Uh, sure. You know, you know, keywords are the advertiser-centric assumptions. Uh, about what a, uh, a searcher is going to type into, into the search engine, uh, and it's the targeting method that we use to attract search queries, which is the actual uh, words that the uh, the searcher is using in the search engine. So search queries uh, are your customer's voice. That's actually what they're typing. So it's much more important to focus on search queries than keywords, and keywords are just the vehicle by which we target those search queries. Actually, I don't think I've ever heard it said quite that way before. That's a really good explanation. I like that. Um, however, though, I, I guess one of the tricks is 
when you just put in keywords on an account, you can match to a lot of different search queries. And so then um, how do you make sure that you're really only displaying for the correct queries you want to? Uh, you know, the tools that the advertiser has to, uh, you know, control, you know, when their ad displays for a given keyword is uh, uh, match types and negative keywords. So if you have an exact match keyword, uh, then that's only going to display an ad when the search query matches your keyword exactly. Uh, so that's the highest level of control. Uh, you know, then you have phrase match and broad match keywords, which are going to pull in, uh, you know, related search queries. And in order to weed out uh, search queries that maybe are irrelevant, you have to uh, be creative with your negative keywords. All right, so uh, negative keywords are words that that's obviously stop your ads from showing. Just make sure everyone understands that definition real quick, too. Um, so I guess, can you give us an example of why we would not want to show up for certain queries? Uh, sure. Uh, if it's not making you money and it's not profitable to your business, then you, you don't want your ad to show for those uh, irrelevant search queries. Uh, it's pretty much as straightforward as that. Um, All right, so here's the the trick then is you choose your words, you choose your match types. You get displayed for, for various items and based upon what someone actually types in with search box. And then if you find stuff you don't like, you block it. So what's the best way is to find stuff that we're not converting for that aren't profitable? Uh, well, you know, there's uh, you basically have you know a couple sources of data. You've got uh, your search term report from um, from like AdWords uh, uh, or Ad Center, and you have your web analytics data. Probably the, the easiest way to get at this data uh, for most AdWords advertisers is just to pull the search term report uh, from the AdWords interface. Uh, and you want to make sure you include, uh, you know, your impression clicks, cost data, along with your conversion data. Hopefully, you're you're tracking conversions. Okay, so you pull this, and then you can see what you're actually being shown for, and sort of look, examine this data, see things you don't want to be shown. Now, I guess here's one of the the, the big question is, if you're getting a lot of of impressions for words that don't get displayed. It's easy to, or sorry, if you're getting a lot of impressions for words that aren't converting, easy to figure out you should block those. But a lot of times when, when advertisers look at the search queries, they're only seeing this word has 10 clicks, no conversion. This one's got five clicks, no conversion. And it's not enough statistical data to truly block it, but inherently we want to start blocking it. I mean, when you sort of look at, at how much data do you use or do you think is a good rule to use before you stop removing yourself from being displayed for queries? Uh, you know, if, if the search query, you know, seems relevant to your business, it's not, you know, obviously uh, irrelevant, then you probably want to look at your uh, average conversion rates and, uh, you know, how many clicks does it normally take in your account to get a conversion, you know, for similar search queries. And once you've passed that threshold, then you've got to make the decision, do you want to keep spending money on that search query, uh, or do you want to improve the uh, landing page experience or the user experience on the website to take advantage of that traffic? Uh, and a lot of times with that thin data, you know, five clicks here, one click here, uh, you have to kind of get creative with uh, aggregating up related search queries. And, and that's kind of how QueryMiner was born uh, as a software solution is to, to do that very difficult job of uh, clustering related search queries so that you can't aggregate that thin uh, impression and click data and conversion data.
Okay, so there's a good change here. So Query Miner is a um, – I've actually used this software a little bit, and I liked how it worked. But um, I didn't know all the math behind it. So maybe this is a good chance for you to sort of explain how your software works and the concept behind it of what you're trying to do with it. Uh, sure. Uh, basically, Query Miner is trying to um, cut to the chase, uh, essentially with a search term report. Uh, a search term report could be three or 400,000 rows of data, depending on if you're a large advertiser or not. And, and like you mentioned earlier, a lot of these search queries are you know, very thin data. And so you might have 80 related search queries that all have one or two clicks, three clicks here and there, that in aggregate give you enough information to make a decision on them. And so what QueryMiner does is it clusters search queries together. It could be uh, finding uh, basically patterns of search terms inside of the search query. So it could be one or two or three word phrases uh, across 100 different search queries. And, it, and it's able to cluster and group that data so that you can make a decision, basically. So, uh, for instance, let's say that you're a... Uh, that you're an online dating website, um, it may find that the word who across 300, 400 search queries is costing you a lot of money because people are searching on who's dating Justin Bieber, who, you know, who's dating this other celebrity. Uh, and then you have to decide what to do with that information. Uh, do you want to create who as a negative phrase match so that you're not showing your ad for people who are, who are researching who's dating who? Uh, or do you want to take advantage of that traffic and create a landing page experience and an ad that's more appropriate to the searches? All right. Does QueryMiner suggest match types for negative keywords? Uh, no. Uh, we use a, a phrase match uh, negative. Okay, so you always use phrase match negative. Can you, can you quickly um, walk through the negative match types? A lot of people I, – I, I find this sort of amazing is you can – there's a few signals of accounts that you can tell someone – really knows what they're doing or kind of has a good idea but it's missing some very specific things. And I find that match type negatives are one of those, um, that it's not people know what they are. So can you walk us through what, what different match type negatives are and, and why you choose phrase match? So uh, a broad match negative, uh, the order doesn't necessarily matter, uh, and it also would not take into consideration singulars or plural. With a phrase match negative, the order absolutely does matter, and that's why QueryMiner uses a phrase match because it's finding adjacent word, words inside of the search query, and so uh, the, the order is important. Uh, that's the level of aggregation across your multiple search queries that we've decided uh, you know, it's not performing when these two words are adjacent, and so that's why we use a phrase match. And then an exact match negative, uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's going to block it if it matches exactly. Actually, that, that was a really important point about the reason you chose that, really looking at the intent and the word by a phrase match. In fact, we're going to um, we're gonna take a quick break and let our sponsors um, speak for a moment. And then we're going to come back and first look a little bit more at, at phrase match negatives, then get into some, some workflow of how you should manage negatives and search queries. So let's take a quick break for our sponsors. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? 
Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back with uh, Chad Summerhill talking about negative keywords and controlling display. And Chad just made um, a really good point about how in their, their query miner software, they, they look at the aggregate part of – well, they look at the data across lots and lots of queries and find when the same phrases appear in multiple queries for the negatives. Um, so, so Chad, I mean, you obviously run a, a large paid search account. You've seen a lot of queries overall. Do you mostly use phrase match then because it, it really is – goes to more of the intent of the phrase of the user in the query if that's not too many caveats in a statement. I'm not sure what is. Um, but is that sort of like your, your thought there? Uh it really depends. With QueryMiner, we're trying to automate this really complicated process. And so it's finding adjacent words within strings of text. And so phrase match, uh, in order for us to be safe, you know, if we're going to make a recommendation for negative keywords, phrase match is the appropriate uh, suggestion. So, you know, because with broad match negatives, the order doesn't matter. Um, our aggregated data only takes into consideration those adjacent keywords. And so if we were to suggest a broad match, it may block search queries that actually are performing well. Uh, no. So it really, it really depends. Phrase match is a more targeted um, you know, negative keyword. It's a more exact negative keyword. Well, <laughs> maybe exact is not the best word. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, it, so if someone's doing this, say, in Excel and – and I mean, you could do a lot of this in Excel. Just query miner saves you lots and lots of time. 
um, which is which is fantastic. Um, you would you would use like a, almost a V lookup. Wow, across all of your data and aggregate it by individual phrases. Okay, that's possible in Excel. That's a whole lot of work. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually, uh, you know, I know you were kind of bragging on my Excel skills earlier, but I've actually not been able to do this in Excel. Okay. And the reason why it's difficult is that your phrase may be the first two words of your five-word search query or maybe the, you know, third and fourth word of your five-word search query could be the fourth and fifth word, you know, because it gets real complicated where, where the phrase shows up inside of your, your search stream. Yeah, the more I was saying this, the more I'm realizing you could do this in Access. You can't do this in Excel. There's no way. There's too many variables of where words show up. Yeah, if you were good, uh, if you were good in the, you know, writing queries, Access, you potentially could do this. Yeah, but it's okay. still pretty complicated. Yeah, no, that that definitely is um, excellent, excellent. So, so then when you're doing this um, uh, by hand, right? It, so generally, what I see yeah. is that people. Um, they look at their search queries. They try to make a decision whether they should block a word based upon conversion uh, information. But what I find a lot of people don't do, and I just want to see how often uh, you find this is something you, you do instead, is they don't sort of look and say, oh, this word didn't convert, but it did not convert because it was triggered from the wrong ad group. And really, I had a better ad copy for this, or I had no ad copy for this, sort of like your who example is earlier. Um, who's dating Justin Bieber or whatnot? Um, yeah. So, do you really your, your first step really should be to say, is this the correct aggregate landing page? Right before you even think about blocking it, is that what you do first? Well, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a bad idea. If you're showing an ad that's inappropriate for a search query that's relevant, you, you know, you got a different problem. Uh, you need to potentially set a negative at the ad group level and and let. Another ad group handled that search query, which you'll, if you, uh, you know, aggregate your search queries upon, across ad groups, you'll find that they potentially are displaying ads in multiple ad groups for the same query. So there may be a better, more appropriate ad group already doing uh, potentially the bulk of the work for that search query. And you may just want to add a negative exact match to the ad group, uh, and it'll block it from that particular ad group. Okay, so just make sure everyone realizes you can do negatives at the ad group level or the campaign level. Ad group negatives means they only affect that ad group campaign that they affect the whole campaign. Um, Chad, what do you find you use more of? Ad group campaigns, both um, the, the new campaign lists. I mean, what do you find are, are better ones? Uh, well, you know, it kind of depends on, on what you're doing. If it's a completely irrelevant search query, like, you know, Justin Bieber, like we've been talking about uh, for the online dating um, example, then probably the appropriate use of that is at the campaign level. You, you know you're not going to show ads for Justin Bieber uh, at any point. Um, if you have ad groups that are, you know, uh, poaching from other parts of your campaign or account, then you want you might want to do that at the uh, at the ad group level. Uh, it, it really depends on if you're wanting to serve the ad at all, uh, or if you're wanting to block all the traffic. Okay. Have you found the campaign lists um, are time-saving or useful? Do you use them a lot? What do you think of those? Uh, I think for – I think that – yeah, I think they're useful. I haven't taken advantage of them because I've done so much work with uh, negative campaign lists and, you know, ad group level negatives in the past that um, I guess I'm not particularly motivated to, to use them. But, yeah, I mean – it makes sense. Like I created a campaign negative list for all my brand keywords, 
And, you know, I apply that list to all of my non-brand campaigns so that they're not showing ads for uh, search queries that have my brand uh, in them. And I let my brand campaign handle that traffic. So, in fact, I just got back from SMX, and, and we, we talked a lot in one session about buying brand queries and positives, negatives, so forth. Um, so you buy your brand queries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you give me a couple reasons why? If, if someone – this is sure. usually what happens, right? Well, there's a good, lot of good reasons to do it, but often the, um, the people doing paid search are often sort of having to, to make arguments to their bosses why they should spend this money on words you rank number one, right? It's usually what the, yeah. the in-house argument is. So what arguments did you use or maybe you didn't have to make one because you just run everything? I mean wh- why did you decide to buy the brands? Um. The best answer for any question like that related to a PPC campaign is because it makes my company profit. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. I mean, that, and that's really the answer. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other reasons that are not as important as the fact that it makes us money. But uh, my competitors will bid on those words if I don't. I mean, even if I, if I do or not, you know, other people in the, in the market are bidding on my brand name. And so I need to defend the position. Uh, Relative to the you know not or you know to competitive uh, non-branded keywords, the traffic's pretty cheap. Cost per clicks are down. Quality scores are high. Uh, I can control the uh, conversion path, the process. Once they come to my landing page, it's a much more controlled experience. So my conversion rates uh, for branded paid search uh, keywords are higher than organic. Uh, so lots did of good you, reasons. Did you happen to see that study that Google? released a few weeks ago about um, uh, buying your uh, PPC is 89% increase in incremental clicks. Did you see Uh, that one? I think I did. If it's a Google study, I bet it wants you to spend more money. Yeah, no, it it was one of those that they said 89% increase in in incremental clicks, which 89% is always a huge high number, right? And um, Tim Tim Mayer, who should be known as a person who's worked for every search engine pretty much. I mean, he fast and inked to me and and Overture, and now he's uh, at a crowdsourcing company, Trotta, working on PPC. Took a look at the data and realized they switched denominators, which is sort of geeky talking about denominators on a radio show. But um, switched (laughs) denominators for their numbers, and so really it was like it was a much lower percentage, still an increase, but not not as high of an increase. Um, to me, you know, it makes sense. I've done a little bit of analysis to see if you know my um, the branded keywords are poaching, you know, from your. uh, uh, your SEO, uh, you know, rankings, and some of that does take place. Um, but, you know, in the incremental gains of doing both, uh, I've seen that it's definitely a benefit. And the uh, for whatever reason, this, it seems like the last over the last several months, you know, um, the branded PPC ads are starting to look more and more like organic ads with the, the, the site links and the different ad formats. And, your organic listings keep getting pushed further and further down the page, so uh, you want to own that top real estate for your for your brand, unless it doesn't make your company more profit, and then you can turn it off. No, uh, I, I completely agree. Um, especially if your competitors are there and buying stuff uh, as well. Um, so actually, so getting back to to our other topic of negative keywords and queries and so <laughs> forth, um, how often? 
do you look through queries? Do you recommend people look through queries to figure out, you know, do they have more negatives they should be adding? Should they move stuff to new ad groups? Like, what's the frequency that we should be examining this? Uh, well, you know, how often should you listen to your customers? You know, um, that's what they're typing in the search engine. Uh, so it's extremely important. And um, if you're not doing this a lot right now, then I'd say, you know, get into it. And as soon as, uh, you know, the benefit starts to wane, then you can maybe go to a once a week, once a month, depending on, the, you know, your situation. But uh, this is integral to uh, to search marketing. This is what an actual human being is typing in the search engine. And if you only pay attention to the keyword and not the search query, then, then you're not listening to the customer. That's, wow. Interesting. So you're saying really if you haven't done this, then, then do it almost every day for a, a week or two to get everything under control, then go to a more regular weekly, monthly basis type of, of analysis? Yeah, I mean it depends on the size of your your account, of course, but as soon as you stop getting you know immediate value from finding negative keywords and finding new keywords to add to your account, you know keyword expansion, that's something we really haven't talked about, but uh, search query mining is – finding negatives and finding new keywords. So this is the best me- best method to finding good uh, keywords to add to your account. So as soon as the benefit starts to wane a little bit and you're not getting that benefit, then go to a more scheduled approach. Well, okay, so that actually, that's a good statement. So we haven't talked about keyword expansion yet. So how do you use this from a keyword expansion standpoint? Uh, well, you know, um, I guess there's that study from back in 2008 about, you know, 20% of the search queries every day have never been searched before and, and all of that, but uh, the neg- you know, like the keyword tools that are available today, it, it really gives you a pretty limited uh, perspective of what people are actually typing into the search engines. And so if you've got a campaign that's running and you're using broad match uh, or phrase match, then looking at that search term report is absolutely your best way to find new keywords, especially if you're tracking conversion data. But you can find uh, you know, search queries that don't exist in your account today. They got 25 conversions last week. You know, now it's time to create a new keyword, put in the right ad group, make sure it has the right ad, and uh, bid appropriately, as opposed to leaving it you know, in the background, not paying attention to it, hidden behind uh, a keyword that may or may not be hyper-relevant to that search query. Now, with, since modified broad match has come out, do you really use broad match much anymore? Uh, I do. I have modified broad match um, as well. Okay. Uh, the, the, truth, the truth is is that you know all of the fears around using broad match kind of go away when you start paying attention to search queries. Well, you assuming know, you have enough data. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you have enough data, and I guess it depends on the maturity of your account. But, you know, for me, you know, I just turn it all on. And I pay attention to the negative keywords. I mean, the search queries coming in, I make sure that the negatives are appropriate and uh, go from there. Okay. So let's take um, one last quick break, and then I'm going to ask, actually, Chad, a specific question about numbers of negative keywords, just to give everyone sort of an idea here, and then we will, we will wrap things up. So we'll be right back after a short break from our sponsors. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Sponsors. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Think about it. You worked so hard with your existing clients. How much time do you have every day to recruit more clients, expand your business, and add more value to your service? Let WebmasterRadio.fm do the work for you. We're the premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network with shows like SEO Rockstars, SEO 101, and SEM Synergy. We can tailor an ad campaign that includes 30 seconds every hour and a 30-minute special every month. Plus, the banner ads and links you need to reach our built-in audience and our legions of loyal listeners and podcasters. What you charge in hours for service is all it takes to get started on the fast lane to growing your business. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. The flamethrower. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back with uh, Chad Summerhill talking negative keywords and search queries. So, Chad, you have a mature account. Um, You've been doing negative keywords for a long time. So, just quick uh, question on, on if you're willing to answer this. How many negative keywords do you have in your account? Um, I don't know the exact number. It's it's probably in the thousands, I would say. Um, okay. And it really, it, I mean, it really depends on the, your use of match types and at which uh, level of the campaign you're using, at campaign level or at the ad group level, <clears throat> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and totally does. Because I, I, I was curious because I saw an account, I don't know, about a month ago or so, which quite honestly blew, blew me away because – Every campaign of theirs had at least 230,000 negative keywords, and across wow. all of their accounts, and they had about, I don't know, 10 accounts linked, they had, I'm not even sure, 12 to 14 million negative keywords, and and I've just never seen numbers that size before for negatives. Um, that's, so That's a lot of negative keywords. Um, you know, Hopefully, that's data-driven, and it's appropriate. It is data driven, uh, but it just—I didn't realize that 
you could have 230,000 negative keywords at a campaign level. I wasn't, I didn't realize the numbers were that big. Um, you know, um, you know, for my particular situation, I have never ran into a need for that. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm in the movie industry, uh, well, lead generation website. Yeah, they are in the travel industry, so there's there's a huge amounts of keywords that happen for travel because you have destinations and flights and cruises and you know travel industry is a pretty large um, swath of keywords. But I just I'd never see numbers like that. So just wondering yeah. from the same point of someone like you who you know how many okay so to put this in perspective you have a few thousand negative keywords how many positive keywords do you have? Uh, I think in my account right now. Probably thirty to fifty thousand. Okay. Uh, positive keywords, and I, you know, I've actually got. I was looking at the numbers right now. It's going to be closer to uh, the number's not going to be clean, but probably you know, ten thousand or so negative keywords. Okay, uh, so roughly twenty percent of your positives are no, sorry, ten thousand negatives, or five. Five eight thousand negatives and and fifty thousand positive words. So, do you? I mean, do you ever try to put a percentage on how many negatives you should have to positives? If there's an easy formula there, to if someone's got like a, a base understanding of this, I don't know how you would be able to do that. I mean, either you want to show a show and act for the search query, you don't, and and like the travel example you gave. I mean, that's one end of the, the spectrum. That, I mean, that may be very appropriate for them. I I would hate to approach my account with limited knowledge and think that I had to add a million negative keywords to be effective. I mean, it just really comes down to listening to the customer, you know, via the search queries and do you want to show an ad for it or not? No, you know what? I, I, there's, I'm glad you actually answered that way. Cause, um, I way too many times I hear people say, you know, have one keyword per ad group or have seven keywords per ad group and use 10% of your positives to be negatives. And they put very specific numbers on things, and I hmm. find that it's very misleading. And so um, I'm glad you, you sort of... No, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, as a, you know, as a paid search advertiser, we have so much stuff to do that you don't, <laughs> want to, you don't want to do anything that you don't have to do or that's not making your company profit you know, or, or more revenue. Yep. So it needs to make sense. All right. So, um, so I mean, you're you're as much of a geek as I am. You like doing making tools in your free time, which not many people could claim, and hopefully not everyone wants to claim that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you you have a, a new site, right? Gazelle.ws. Is it? Do you pronounce it Gazelle? Yeah, Gazelle. Um, uh, you know, G A Z E L dot W S. Yep. Um. Yeah, you know, this is one of those things that uh, that just needs to exist in the world, I guess. It's an Excel add-in for AdWords, um, and I'm trying to make it, you know, extremely user-friendly, user, you know, easy to to pull an AdWords report directly into ad, to Excel and then make it refreshable, reusable, you know. Um, so you know, at a high level, you someone installs Gazelle into Excel, and then they can put in API credentials and download stuff straight to Excel? Yeah, that's it. That's the idea. Um, so if you have like a dashboard or an analysis that's driven off of a uh, search query report uh, and you want to do that on a weekly basis, then all you got to do is refresh that report weekly in Excel and then all your dashboards, pivot tables, you, get, you, know, you can ref- refresh those real easily. So is uh, this what um, ad intelligence should have been? 
Ad Intelligence. Is that the Ad Center? Uh, yes, tool? it's the Ad Center one where yeah. you, you put Excel, but it's, you know, it's got good data in there, but it's got iffy stuff too, right? Um, is that kind of what this is, is, is almost taking the Microsoft approach of bring it straight to Excel, but, but AdWords instead? Uh, I, I, I didn't look at it from that perspective. Um, you know, right now, you know, the way I do my work, I data warehouse all of my uh, PPC data. Mm-hmm. So I can I can write queries inside of Excel and pull the data right from the data warehouse into uh, an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, most of the world doesn't have that, you know, ability. And so Gazelle is kind of, you know, uh, my attempt at, at making that same type of functionality available to everyone. So, just to be clear, because I, I haven't looked at, at Gazelle that much yet, I don't have to be an expert in Excel and write all these queries. You've written it already, and I can just install a Gazelle, and I can use your like how you would look at accounts on my type of data. Uh, well, if you know, you know the uh, the free spreadsheets that I give away on my blog. Yep. Um, I always have this. You know, kind of broke it out into different phases. But one of those is, you know, get the re- the right data, and then uh, I give you a template. You just have to download the the report in the right format. You got to make sure you have the right columns, and then you just paste your data into the the template, and then refresh your pivot tables and analysis, and then you're able to take advantage of, of that template. Okay, so Gazelle so- can facilitate that same thing. Uh, you know, if I had a template that was based on Gazelle. You log in your credentials and you hit, you know, the fetch data, and then your data is in the spreadsheet, and the analysis is already done for you. Huh. Excellent. I'm, I'm going to have to take a close look at that. You know, that, that would be, you know, for anybody. I mean, uh, you could make a, a, a spreadsheet, um, you know, for your, your, your uh, fans, and they could download it, type in their Gazelle, you know, uh, their AdWords credentials. If they've got Gazelle, hit refresh, and it pulls that same data, the same format, same columns same order, you know, it kind of gets away from uh, the complications of trying to use templates uh, that people give away for free. Okay, so one last question before we sort of wrap up here. How did you get so good at Excel? Is there a book you recommend? Do you go watch every Microsoft help file? I mean, how do you, um, how do you get so good at Excel? And, and if someone wanted to get better, what would you recommend they go do? Well, I still would consider myself an, uh, probably an intermediate, you know, level user of Excel. There's a lot of stuff that, that Excel can do, and uh, I've gotten good at certain aspects of it, just kind of by necessity, uh, you know, kind of driven by I know what the, the question that I want answered is and how do I facilitate getting that answered. And, you know, I've hit up, uh, you know, auditors and controllers within organizations because, you know, the financial people, they know how to use formulas and uh, just tutorials that are available online. Um, sometimes, the, you know, the, the help files within Excel itself. Uh, here recently, I've actually signed up for uh, some, some training at chandu.org. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, uh, with this guy, but uh, uh, it's very helpful, very beneficial if you're new to Excel. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive. I think less than a couple hundred bucks. You get access to the training modules. Uh, it's kind of like certified knowledge for Excel. Yeah. What was uh, that site again? Uh, it's called uh, Chandu.org. C-H-A-N-D-O-O dot O-R-G. 
Ah, dot e o o o. Okay, perfect. I will take a look at that one. All right. Yep. So, um, last question: How can people learn more about you and your Excel sheets and, and see all this stuff we've talked about today? Uh, probably the easiest way is just to go to my blog at you know chatsummerhill dot com. Um, anytime I write a guest post or, or do anything in the space, I try to add an update there. Um, yeah, that's you're on Twitter. Easy. You're on Twitter too, right? Yeah, yeah, Chad Summerhill is the Twitter handle. Um, yeah. So as long I, as uh, someone's searching, I'll go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. No, so some, as long as someone's searching Chad Summerhill, they will find your blog or your Twitter, or they will find you somewhere then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you, Chad. Um, this was very enlightening. I don't know. I had a good time. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, definitely, and we'll have you back one of these days. Um, so a new episodes of Mark and Nirvana can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern at 9 a.m. Pacific, and you can find the archives of our past episodes at webmasterradio.fm or on iTunes. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>